Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, and we are back with the one and only Anna Kelly. How you doing, Anna? I'm doing great. Great to be here today. Absolutely. So this is, I don't know what else to call it. We're going to call it a wake-up call for the middle class. So Anna, when I say that, obviously I'm referring to most, at least a part of this inflation. So when I say middle-class wake up or wake up call for the middle-class, what, what do you think? What do we do? How do we help them? Yes, I think two things that we have to keep our eyes on is inflation. Obviously it's, it's hitting everybody. We're seeing news stories every day about grocery stores that are totally out of stock and that the prices are just crazy. Um, I saw an article today that people were being interviewed and said, we can't even afford our own food and groceries because mm. it's gotten so expensive. Gas has gone up significantly. So inflation is hitting Americans where it hurts in our daily pocketbook for the things that we have to have to survive, to work, yeah. to eat, to live. Mm -hmm. um, but in addition to that, I think we really need to have our eyes on this build back better plan and all of the different tax things that are in the reconciliation bill mm -hmm. that are really going to hit the middle class everywhere that they possibly can pull taxes from, including your retirement accounts. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a couple of things I want to say there. First and foremost, the reason that the government doesn't talk about inflation a lot and certainly will never refer to inflation as a tax is because it hurts everyone. They, yeah. the government likes to pitch this idea that we're going to go get the rich and they're go we're going to take money from them and we're going to give it to everybody else. We're going to take from the 1% and give to the 99. That's cute until you realize the tax code is written in a way that there's lots of legal ways to do this and that. And it's just a populist rhetoric that goes nowhere and results in very little. And they right. don't talk about inflation because it hits everyone. In inflation yeah. hits Warren Buffett like it hits Anna Kelly, like it hits somebody in the bottom 10%, it hits everyone. Unfortunately, yeah. it is the most unfair tax out there because right. it hits everybody the same. And I get, guess who benefits the most? Well, Warren Buffett's really not going to care that it costs him a hundred bucks to fill up his gas tank versus 50. Doesn't matter. Does, doesn't, even doesn't even register. Right. Probably doesn't register for Anna Kelly, although she probably complains about it, but it does impact the person in the bottom 10%. And that's, that's why the government won't talk about it. Inflation is the nastiest, most unfair tax out there. And it's yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of why it doesn't hurt those in the higher tax, you know, income brackets and tax brackets is because of two things. Number one, as a percentage of the money that we have available to us, mm -hmm. you know, gas going up or food going up 10, 15, 20 percent it's still a very small amount of our disposable income, right, right? For those kind of goods and services where the average American, the middle class and below and lower class income wise, it's a big percentage of their income. And when most people can't afford to even set aside 10% into savings and have less than a month salary saved for emergencies, 
all of a sudden, you know, that gets, gets cut significantly. So it really starts to hurt. The other thing is guys like Warren Buffett and even us to some extent, we have the tools that we need to be able to use inflation to our advantage by things like let's go buy assets that pay for the liabilities and create additional income that can allow us to offset the increase in our cost of living. The middle class and those below that really don't have the ability. They don't have the extra expendable income to go buy those assets that are going to go up in value, buy that rental income that's going to go up in value. And so it really hurts those in the middle class and below because just they don't have the means to keep up with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can only work overtime so much unless you're finding a way to figure it out and buy rental property or things like that. Yeah, I'm glad we went here. I I never know where these conversations are are going to go. I like to say that nobody beats inflation. However, you can use it. Yes. If if you position yourself correctly, inflation could actually be the wind in your sail or wind at your back or whatever. Run downhill versus run uphill. Yes. It's... uh, Inflation, you know, inflation is not really necessarily good or bad, right? It's a thing, right? Too much money chasing too few goods. Well, if you have the goods and, oh, and oh, by the way, this is the biggest thing, I, I, especially today, we've been given a gift. The Fed, whether we like it or not, has forced interest rates lower than they should be. They yes. will not be this low. In fact, they are already going up. But you and I have been active the last year or so, and we've been locking up cheap ass money. And now some of it's 30 year debt, some of it's seven and 10. We're good, right? Let inflation go. My fix, my payments are fixed now. Yeah, sure. My property taxes or insurance or whatever can go up, but my rents will go up a lot more than that. So again, you can have inflation be your friend. In fact, Anna and I have done that on purpose. Yeah, very true. And the sad thing is, you know, we are nice landlords. We've talked about this before. We, yeah. our tenants are our clients. We yep. want to do good by them. We want to provide safe, secure housing, mm-hmm. and we're not trying to price gouge them. But no. the reality is when everything goes up for us to provide that housing yeah. and our costs go up, the only way for us to absorb that is to raise rents. Mm-hmm. So ultimately it hurts the worst. Those who are our renters who are yeah. below the middle class because they're going to be the ones that housing continues to get more expensive for and, and their taxes are going up. So, you know, the code says, you know, they say in the media, we're going after the 1%, but if you actually look at the tax code changes, they're, you know, proposing, they're going after retirement accounts of people that invest in things like real estate Mm -hmm. and making and forcing you to sell so that they can get more in capital gains. So, You know, nobody is immune from tax code changes, whether it impacts you directly or whether it's a trickle down, it always trickles down. Those that need money the most are the ones that are hit the hardest because you disincentivize business owners, you disincentivize real estate investors with tax code changes. And when you add inflation to that, um, unfortunately, the it, it hurts the middle class and below a lot harder than it does us. Yeah, I got one more example, and then we'll go back to the Build Back Better program. I, I saw this. Actually, I think it was sent to me by a viewer. So folks, thank you for sending me articles. This, this topic came from a viewer. Apparently, there is a push in New York City uh, to have landlords uh, pay for Wi-Fi for all of their residents. I'm like, I don't even need to read this article. You know how this ends? Yes, you're going to, you're going to, create a law or whatever they call it or whatever they're going to call it. 
guess what happens next, folks? <laughs> it's not free. <laughs> that will be passed along in rent increases. Ay, ay, ay. I couldn't believe that article. I, I don't know what people yeah. are thinking. I just, I don't but get it. You know what's going to happen, Michael? Then, then New York's going to come in and say, oh, by the way, now we have rent controls too. Let's oh. raise taxes. Let's make you pay for Wi-Fi. And now let's not let you raise rents to keep up with it. And that's why landlords are leaving New York in droves. And, and why you have all their buildings just falling apart because they can't afford it. It's, it's, folks, rent control doesn't work, right? right? It feels good for a year or two, and then it breaks. It's just not a good idea. Right. All right. Let's switch gears to build back better, right? Because, again, one of the things that we talk about is taxes. Uh, you know, they they... This and you brought this up first, I think three or four weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things in the reconciliation. So, what is a reconciliation bill, right? This is not going to go through the normal budgeting and spending things that Congress, because of the 50 50 split, and there's not 60 Senate yeses and blah, blah, blah. So, there's this little I don't know if it's a little loophole, it's a loophole that's been used by both parties. So, let's it's it's been used by both parties called budget reconciliation. And what that means is you just need a simple majority. Uh, as long as the, sp the future spending is paid for with revenue increases, a la tax increases. Yes. So when they were doing a $3.5 trillion spending plan, they had to raise $3.5 trillion in taxes, a la retirement accounts and 1031 and you know higher corporate taxes and all of this. But here's the deal, folks. It's fuzzy math. Yes. It is real spending in fuzzy revenue collection. I have built these spreadsheets. Now, I never built a spreadsheet with trillions of dollars, but I have built future spreadsheets with hundreds of millions of dollars. And if you make one little assumption change, it is drastically different. Yes. So we, we are signing up to spend, now I hear $2 trillion instead of 3.5. It's heading in the right direction, but still that's $2 trillion into an environment that already has remarkable inflation. And we're gonna do this again. And we expect what exactly? So. It's, it's not a good idea. Real spending, not real revenue collection. Right. Yeah. We don't know how much they're actually going to get. Right. But it's when they come out and say, this is a zero cost plan. There is zero cost. They're saying it. it's zero cost to the government, but it's incredibly $2 trillion worth of cost to you, the American people. Somebody got to pay. Going to collect those taxes from you. And they're going after every means possible to get that tax money and to generate those capital gains. So we talk about the fuzzy math, you know, certain piece of this, it would require this to happen in order for us to get that tax revenue. Well, one of the things that I've been really, it's been on my radar because I syndicate apartment deals and a lot of investors use their IRA to invest in mm. apartment deals and to buy their own properties for their IRA, for sure. yeah. is they're trying to change that provision that says, by the way, you can't buy real estate in your IRA anymore. And if you do, if we allow it, you can only have up to 10% ownership. And if you own more than that in your IRA, you have two years to sell it. And if you don't sell it in two years, the entire IRA invalidates its tax preferred status. Now you pay capital gains, plus you're paying higher taxes on your IRA. Well, the average IRA holder is your middle-class American. And so, you know, that's just one example where it's not in the media that, you know, these things are happening. It just says we're taxing the rich and their capital gains is going to go up higher. Well, there's there's literally a couple hundred pages worth of tax provision changes that are going to impact you. So 
don't buy into the media hype that it's not going to impact you. It will. It will yeah. for sure. And when you add that plus inflation, you better be doing something to hedge. And, and for us, I know both of us believe the best thing you can do right now to hedge is to create more passive income and buy assets that are going to go up in value and that you're going to allow, be able to increase your income when your expenses go up. With 30-year fixed rate debt. Yes, if at all possible, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I want to talk about again is something you brought up to me the first time is this $600 idea. Again, now I hear it's changing to 10,000, but still. When when they talk about the 1% and then they throw in a $600 little hook, do you really think that they're really targeting the 1%? They're targeting the they're targeting the Etsy buyer, the aunt. We've had record numbers yes. of solopreneurs in the last year. Yes. They're coming after you, people. They think you are using PayPal or uh, Venmo or whatever it is, and they're and you're not paying your fair share of taxes. That's who they're targeting. The solopreneur who makes forty grand a year and may or may not be reporting that as income because of where they collect the revenue. Yes, they're coming after 100%, you. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And now they're targeting the apps like Zelle and Venmo and PayPal and Cash Apps. Yeah. They want them to have to issue a 1099. Yep. So it's very clear who's using those apps. It's mostly those that are below middle class. Yeah. Warren below. Buffett is not using PayPal. He doesn't have a PayPal account. No, no, maybe PayPal business, but you know, that, that's no. already, he does differently. His company might, yeah. he doesn't, it's not right. on his phone. It's right. not on his phone. And to your, to your point, usually, and what a lot of people don't know anyway, is that large financial transactions are already reported by the banks. So if you have a large cash transaction, oh, yeah. I think you're already hearing about that. Yeah. Why do they need to go after everybody who has ins or outs of $600? Because that's where they think most people aren't paying taxes. So, it's yeah, not they the 1%. They are coming yeah. after you, Etsy, or I don't know. I don't know what other these platforms are. or. Um, Facebook marketplace. Yeah, marketplace. Right. They're coming after you folks. Don't believe these folks are going after. If you believe that they're coming after the 1% and they're targeting $600 transactions, I got a bridge in, um, I don't know, an island in Nevada or something to sell you. Yeah, that's right. That means you, you can't think about that for five seconds and logically tie that out. That does not tie up. No, but the, the thing is, Michael, and, and, you know, I don't want to go too far off on my thoughts politically, but- <laughs> Um, you know, the kind of things that aren't in the media are the, are the things that are actually hitting you the hardest, like going after the $600. I didn't see it anywhere in the news at first. I read it in this reconciliation, um, because I like to do that on my free time. Yeah. I read things to see. You read these hundred page documents. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Crazy. And, but you see, you know, things like this and it's hitting, it's hitting those the hardest that really need it. The government has rarely, both parties included, really, really cared about the middle class or those below. They just want to give you enough things to make you think they're on your side so that you continue to vote for them, right? Yeah, of course. And they, they, the, are, yeah. they are interested in staying in power. That's all. Absolutely. Both, both sides. Yeah. And one example of where I think this is really evident um, is when you look at this loophole that I just talked about, this IRAs, you're going to have to stop investing in real estate. Well, there's big lobbies that don't want you to be able to invest in real estate because it's an alternative to 
you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, et cetera. But what's interesting is they're not going after the 401k plans. Mm, of course. So they're going after IRAs, but not 401ks. Well, who are the people that hold the most in 401ks that if their people start withdrawing a bunch of money are going to be hurt? It's mm-hmm. the it's the businesses, right? Yeah. So I think there was probably a business lobby that was so big that says you can't go after 401s, but let's go after the IRAs of the little guys. Yeah, right? I, I don't know this. Uh- I, I don't know the answer to this and you may not as well, but I thought I'd ask, do you have any idea rough and tough if you were to compare 401k total balance with IRA balances, are they like 80, 20, 90, 10, closer to 50, 50, any idea? I'm going to guess IRAs are smaller, but I have no idea. I really don't know. Statistically, I've never looked at that, but what I can tell you is that small up. businesses mm-hmm. are able to put almost 10 times as much per year in a 401k than they can put in an IRA. So like a self-directed solo 401k, you can literally put in almost 10 times as much as in an IRA before you reach those income limit thresholds. Okay. So because of that, I would think that the 401ks are much larger than the IRAs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I it's would think so. Fortune, Fortune 500 and all that, they're doing 401ks, right? I had a 401k when I was working. So that's what I think, but I'm going to look it up because I don't know. So. Yeah, I think that that's great. But yeah, it's just those little kinds of things that you go, why are certain certain things left out of the loopholes right. and other other things not. And the government is made up of individuals, oftentimes who are wealthy individuals by the time that they've been in Congress for a while. <laughs> I was going to say they didn't get there wealthy, but they somehow got wealthy. And so they'll talk about, you know, taxing the wealthy, but they build in plenty of incentives, aka loopholes, for us to continue to move forward and invest and invest in America. Um, without having to pay heavy taxes. And I'll just give you one more example, right? Mm-hmm. So I just had my taxes done for 2020. We okay. meet literally on October 15th, we filed. I had $800,000 in capital gains last in 2020, plus all of my income, right? I should have had to pay federal taxes. Because I was able to use bonus depreciation, which is one of these tax benefits for buying apartment buildings, I paid zero in federal taxes and I'm getting a refund. And some people will say, oh, that's horrible. You're not paying your fair share. It's the same thing they said to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't recognize the fact that I'm providing good, clean housing for people. And I'm paying tens of thousands, maybe even in the hundreds of thousands of dollars across all of our real estate investment um, portfolios Mm -hmm. in local property taxes. The things that actually go into fixing up local roads and bridges and things like that, right? Yeah, well, so, that and you're paying sales tax when you buy stuff to repair. You're, pay, you're paying hundreds of thousands of exactly. dollars in taxes. But the government is giving me this incentive to continue to invest in America, mm-hmm. while those who don't have the means to continue to buy property and do these things, they don't have those incentives. They're not building in incentives for you in the middle class and those that have less money than that. They just want you to keep spending through sales tax and through other things, and they're going to tax you. So Never believe that the government is really on the side of middle America and below. They want your votes, but there's very little in reality built in to protect you. So you have to take action on yourself to say, how can I expand my means? Mm -hmm. How can I buy assets that will pay for the liabilities and increase my income? And truly, the best way I know to do that is to buy real estate. You can do it without having a lot of money Mm -hmm. or you can invest in stocks without having a lot of money. So it's available to you. If you haven't gotten in the game, get in the game. If you're in the game, expand the game. Buy more now. Yeah. And folks, you may hear these stories from Anna and be very impressed, but realize, I think it was last week or the two weeks ago, we had a video talking about the cheat code to wealth. 
you sold a big house and moved into with your in-laws and ultimately into a fourplex yes. because you wanted to live for free. You wanted to have the income snowball so you can buy more real estate. You took a step back to take a step forward. And most people just want to complain. They're not willing to do the work. So again, congratulations yeah. for everything. And how can people follow you and get part of your world? Great. You can follow me on social, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Anna, R-E-I, Mom, Kelly. And my website is greaterpurposecapital.com where accredited investors can come and invest in apartment buildings where we create returns for our investors and we work to make a meaningful impact in the lives of our residents. Yeah, folks, do yourself a favor. Go to Greater Purpose Capital today and check it out. It's great stuff. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Michael.